Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host Marissa Cantor and back with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello, uh, it's great to be back once again. Not much new happening but we did go on a nine mile walk yesterday. Yeah, that was crazy. We overcompensated a lot. <laughs> if you're gonna go outside you might as well make the most of that opportunity. So walking nine miles only makes only makes sense here. Yeah, and at first it felt good, right? It felt good to be outside. For me specifically, it's been a very long time since I've been outside, so I definitely needed it. But I think around hour two, probably like mile five, I was like, eh, this is long. Yeah, but at that point, you know, we had only walked in one direction. We hadn't started coming back yet. we had to go back. So... Yeah, you have to take into account that however far you walk, you're going to have to walk that same right, distance. Right, which I to don't return. know if I fully took into account because we have always loved going on really long walks, but you know, we would walk really far in one direction and then be like we're tired and take the subway back. And yeah, you, well, you, you know, and you can't really do that right now. I mean, you can, but it not you can, but uh, I canceled my Metro card for the month since I'm not going into work anymore. So, Same. you know, it wouldn't really, uh, you know, it, 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 we needed the exercise anyways. We really did, except I hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got back and you were like, oh, my knee. We had to ice it, um, <laughs> which who knew that walking could be so strenuous. Not even power walking, just regular walking. It's been a without really, power. It's been a really long time, <laughs> but we checked in on our favorite Thai place, made sure it was still open, and it is. So good walk. <laughs> yeah, success. Success. So should we just get into it? Sure. Today we're going to be talking about episode one thirteen. Come fly with me. This episode when Gordo's passion for lounge culture becomes the latest passing fad at school. He tries to find a new interest to stand out from the crowd. This episode aired on June 1st, 2001. This episode was very interesting to me in terms of, you know, the whole aesthetic of the episode. The locations that we saw were slightly different than what we've seen in the past. We got to see a school dance. But also the timeline, as uh, I think you mentioned while we were watching the episode, is also a little bit strange as well. Yeah, because, you know, the A story primarily takes place at school. The B story primarily takes place at Lizzie's house where Matt and this is, I believe, the first time we're introduced to Lanny. Yeah, you've mentioned him before, but this is the first time that I've actually seen him on the screen. Yeah, so Lanny is here. And their story all takes place at Lizzie's house. And, you know, it does the same structure it always does, where you're flashing back and forth from the A story to the B story. But why aren't Matt and Lanny at school? 
why are they at Lizzie's house trying to, you know, break a world record? Because they never show Matt at school. He doesn't go to school. <laughs> Actually, no, that's a lie. They did show him at school that one time when he was, like, falling asleep. Yeah. But his school isn't as big of a, a location as, as it is for, for Lizzie and Gordo and Miranda. Yeah. But at least usually when you show Matt at home, like, time has passed in a realistic way. And in this one, it just, like, didn't. Yeah, it, it, it's laid out so it seems like everything's happening kind of concurrently. Obviously, you know, a couple days pass in the in the Lizzie McGuire world in this episode, but it always seems like the things are kind of lining up on the same timeline with respect to what day it is. But it just, it obviously can't be that case because Lizzie's at school and, and Matt is at home. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we really threw us through a loop there. So this episode is really, Gordo is our star. All about Gordo. It is. Yeah, we learn all about uh, Gordo's strange hobbies. So here's the thing. We learn his middle name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his middle name is Zephyr. David Zephyr Gordon. (laughs) Gordon. (laughs) How are you to Ethan? (laughs) Yeah, David Zephyr Gordon. Get it correct. (laughs) Um, It's interesting to me, right? Because Gordo's obviously somebody that likes to be different than everybody else he doesn't really fit in I guess so he kind of embraces being different as kind of who he is and then it's weird because to me I was a little bit unclear throughout this episode whether because Gordo gets really upset when everybody realizes that the things that he likes are interesting but is he mad because he wants to be a hipster and he wants to be different or is he mad because they don't understand his interests and they're just kind of blindly fall. Like, it's it's weird to me, like, why Gordo gets so upset about this. Well, I think it's a little bit of both, right? Like, he, like you said, a whole a huge part of his identity is being an individual. I mean, like, whatever that means to him is his individuality and, like, not just following the crowd. But I think that he's mostly upset that people don't even like, like, it, as far as... He can tell people don't really even like the thing that he likes. But no one could look at this situation and say that Gordo was the one following the herd. Like, everybody acknowledges that he's the one who started this trend. Yeah, no one's trying to take that away from him. Yeah, They're kind of, like, embracing him in this this episode. Yeah, so for him to finally get some recognition, you'd think it's something that he'd be kind of excited about. You know, and that he could view this as kind of a, a, a moment to to teach his his fellow peers about this thing that he loves, because this is the moment where they're going to be the most receptive to that when they're all into it anyways. But instead, he's like, no, I'm better than everybody. And yeah, that that is fundamentally what's happening. And it's interesting, too, because when you think back to some of the earlier episodes that we've talked about, I think I'm thinking of Picture Day specifically. One thing that feels very that has always felt very human about Gordo is, you know, I want to stand out. I want to be different. But then fundamentally, then he does make that tough face that Ethan wants him to make. And he still like wants to fit in a little bit. And that's very human and complex and like why I love Gordo. But then this episode really pushes him in the opposite direction here. Yeah, there's no consistency between what happened then and what happened here because, as you mentioned, he wants to fit in so badly in Picture Day. But here, when he finally gets that moment where everybody's appreciating what he likes, he backs away from that. So it was a little bit weird. 
Yeah, a little, I, I guess you could say inconsistent with how his character has been tracking yeah. so far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like this is going to keep, we'll keep circling back to this throughout the episode because it is fundamentally about Gordo. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's just get into the episode breakdown. Okay. Okay, so we start off, we're at school, and you hear some jazz music playing, and Lizzie and Miranda are looking for Gordo. Lizzie says to follow the music and get ready to travel back in time. And the music leads them right to Gordo, who is sitting on a cafeteria table with a giant boombox. Everybody in this episode just has boom boxes with them when it's convenient for the story i know it's super random it's super random it's like everybody is ready for a say anything moment at any time <laughs> truly <laughs> and so they approach gordo who is in this you know pretty normal clothes otherwise but he's wearing uh i guess you could say a fedora uh this is actually <laughs> this is actually a trilby uh, a fedora would have the same rim all the way around the hat a trilby has the front uh, going down. Wow, you were really ready to explain that to me. <laughs> Did you have a hat thing? No, I just know the difference between a fedora and a trilby. Okay. Um, I, in my notes, I wrote that his hat is very Jimmy Buffett a la Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got out of it. And I don't think that was the intention. Can you imagine if this whole episode was actually about Gordo's love for Jimmy Buffett <laughs> <laughs> instead, <And> Mar- of, <laughs> instead of the Rat Pack? <laughs> I don't know. I think that'd be a great episode. <laughs> a Margaritaville themed And then dance. they go to a Margaritaville. <laughs> Objectively a good restaurant. <laughs> Is it? They have really good coconut shrimp. But anyways, Gordo's here. He's in his hat. He's looking fly, casually leaning against a boombox that he just happens to have with him. Are we getting some Sprite product placement here? I think we are. <laughs> Yeah, we absolutely are. Is this episode brought to you by Sprite? Uh, that just made me think of when we were, um, how the live action Aladdin, one of the, what, disclaimers? Apparently Aladdin has some product placement. Has some like mild product placement, which is like. I've got to think it's something that Will Smith says, right? As the genie. Oh, probably. Like that's what it has to be. I don't know. I only watched the live action uh, remake once, so I don't remember. All of the references yeah, that were made. We but. haven't unpacked it. But product placement in Aladdin? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, so Lizzie and Miranda approach Gordo. And do you want to say what Gordo says to them as a greeting? Uh, yeah, he says, hey, Pally, Charlie, how's your bird? Which translates to, hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> and then Miranda replies, can't you just talk normal? Like, Hey, dog, what's the dealio? Okay, so neither of, these <laughs> <laughs> neither of these things are normal. But yeah, Gordo, this is where we learn about Gordo's love for 60s Las Vegas. Yeah, the Rat Pack, <laughs> lounge culture. The only, um, well, actually, he does drop a lot of references, but Frank Sinatra is the main one. Yeah, and I mean. Of course. This episode is called Come Fly With Me. Yeah, so checks out. You figure it's going to be. Frank Sinatra related in some way. Correct. And we get a lot of cartoon Lizzie telling us that Gordo's does his own thing. He's different. He's never he's never been a part of the crowd. And we get this like great montage of like when everyone was doing this, Gordo was doing that. 
When everyone was rollerblading, Gordo was riding a unicycle. When everyone was into chocolate cappuccinos, he had a zen rock garden, whatever that is. And now he's into Rat Pack culture. Two back-to-back episodes where we mention a zen rock garden for <laughs> for some reason. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, and then Lizzie says, Gordo, shouldn't you be listening to Britney Spears? What is it with this show and Britney <laughs> Spears? I don't understand. 2001. I don't That's understand. That's literally the explanation. The show relies so heavy on pop culture moments of its time, and 2001 was was peak Britney. I've lost count of how many times we got a, a Britney lot. Spears reference, but the, I feel like it must be at least half of the episodes. Yeah, we've only had 13 episodes. We've seen Lizzie in the Oops, I Did It Again look twice. <laughs> and they didn't even like reshoot it. It was the same one. <laughs> It was the same exact clip. I just, I don't understand why this is such a a thing. They're really going all in on Britney Spears. 2001. I know, but it's like, you're right, because there were others, right? You had your Christina Aguilera. You had your Mandy Moore. You You had had, your Avril Lavigne. You had your Avril Lavigne. (laughs) She might be too dark for Disney Channel. Britney was the choice, and we're just going to ride it out. And... Gordo's like, why? And Miranda's like, because that's what normal people listen to. And I feel like this show does this a lot, like using the word normal and like and like Lizzie and Miranda just like striving to be normal. That is what they want. And like this normal, weird dichotomy gets used a lot. Yeah, they're not, they are not trendsetters. They are clearly followers. Yeah. As we see Which later. Which is fine. Yeah, with Ethan and the whole thing over there. Yeah, I think that if I think back to my, you know, 13-year-old self, I don't know. I feel like I had a little bit of, I was a little, I was part Gordo and part Lizzie, I think, because I definitely did my own thing um, and liked my own things, but I did that very privately. I wasn't as forthright with my passions. And then when you, when you met other people with the same passions, did you go on a rampage? No, I made so many friends. <laughs> Like, no, now I have to like something else. No, Gordo, wrong. You can find your people. (laughs) It's okay. But yeah, I think that I really, like, I was, like, very passionate about the things I was passionate about, but I was passionate about them privately. And then my public persona was very, like, Lizzie and Miranda. And, like, a lot of, you know, being 13 is really hard. Just kind of, like, fit in as best as you can. Yeah. So both of their, elements of both of their characters feel very true to me. Is, okay. I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's fair. So then Gordo says to take this double sawbuck and grab me a platter I got on tap. <laughs> I don't even have it. <laughs> Can yet. you please <laughs> decipher have... this for me? Lizzie and Miranda are obviously confused, and I was as well. Yeah, I wrote, What language are you speaking? A loving homage to the BBC show Outnumbered. Um, yeah, but it basically, it just means that Gordo wants them to pick up a Rat Pack CD for him after school because he has to go to the podiatrist. And I want a spinoff episode that's <laughs> Gordo at the just podiatrist. Gordo at the podiatrist. Why does Gordo need to go to a podiatrist? The only person I know who has ever talked about their podiatrist was my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother loved her podiatrist. Okay, that's a little weird. Yeah. Shout out to Dr. Scardina. You know her podiatrist's name? I do. She talked about him a lot. She had bunions. What can I say? <laughs> okay. So what is Gordo going to a podiatrist for? That's that's my question. Uh, yeah. Uncle- that's why we need a spinoff episode. 
Also, something I wanted to bring up at this point, because again, I feel like a tracking theme of our podcast or something that keeps coming back up is where are they in the world? Where in the world are they? (laughs) (laughs) Location-wise. And Lizzie says to Gordo, um, she asks him if he's going to headline at Atlantic City. Atlantic City reference in this episode. Mets reference in the previous episode. Are they actually, like, in the tri-state area? Are they supposed to be in, like, a New Jersey suburb? What is happening? It certainly is seeming more and more like that as... uh, as we get more context clues. Yeah, as we get as we get more lines like this, because if they were in, in LA, right, he could just go to Vegas. Exactly. And they'd be talking about like the Dodgers. It's 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 definitely interesting and it's 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 definitely swinging more East Coast now that we get these references. But there is nothing East Coast about the vibe of this show and the look and like they are always eating lunch outside. Like they're they did not even try. Yeah, it's very strange. I don't know. It stresses me out. There is nothing New Jersey about these characters. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've just Googled where does Lizzie McGuire take place. And the first thing that came up was Rome. Maybe we can run with that. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe they were in Rome this whole time. No, because then it wouldn't have been such a big deal in the movie. <laughs> Well, maybe they're in a city outside. Maybe they're in rural Italy. That would feel more believable to me. <laughs> and, and that's why they, they go on a field trip to Rome. Yeah, it's never snowing. I don't know. I just can't I just can't fathom this being in an East Coast world. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll have to we'll we'll, we'll, keep, to... we'll keep you posted. We'll keep we'll keep collecting the evidence. Yeah. So then Lizzie and Miranda leave Gordo alone. He's Jamming out to a jazzy version of Old McDonald. Someone throws food at him and says that he's ruining his lunch. And the voice of this person who throws food at him does not sound like a middle school student. It's probably a producer. <laughs> probably. And then we cut to the theme song. Yeah, and that's, that, uh, that leads us to the school bus where uh, Lizzie now has the Rat Pack CD that Gordo asked her to buy. She told the clerk that it was actually for her great-grandfather who was too weak to leave home. Lizzie's really embarrassed about even holding this CD. And this is the moment where Vince, who I'm not sure if we've seen before, he seems just like generic bully. He might have shown up at an, at an earlier point in time, but I don't remember, grabs the CD and then is just super annoying about it. Yes, super, super extra. Like starts like mimicking them when they speak. Not great. I feel like he might have shown up on a different bus scene in the beginning, but he's not very memorable. So I couldn't pinpoint the moment. But fear not, Ethan Kraft is to the rescue. Yo, give it up. And like in full heartthrob mode. I know. He he calls out Vince uh, for the foot fungus that he is. (laughs) And uh, and he says to give it up, and because Vince, you know, is you know, there's a there's a chain here, there's a food chain, and Ethan is clearly above Vince. Vince immediately stops, hands the CD over. So this is this is totally embarrassing for Lizzie and Miranda. They can't believe that Ethan now knows that they have a Frank Sinatra CD. Correct. And then now Ethan is holding the CD and he's looking it over. And he's like, 
isn't this like a million years old or something? And then he asks if he can listen to it. And Ethan Kraft also mysteriously has a boombox with him. Everybody has a boombox. <laughs> on the bus. And, you know, on one hand, I would be like, okay, maybe he has a, you know, a little like personal CD player. That would be normal. But no, full boombox is Ethan's bus buddy. And he plays the music and he's jamming. Yeah, he's really into it. He digs it. And a flip switches in Lizzie and Miranda because of Ethan's face, essentially, and Ethan paying attention to them. And they go into full Rat Pack mode. They just start spewing, you know, the words that they have heard Gordo say, but in any no, any order, like nonsensical words. Yeah, it doesn't make any start sense. Start to come out of their mouths. Ethan tells them that they have cool taste and asks them to hook him up, to hang out, to give him the 411 on a Rat Pack culture. Yeah, I'd just like to say that this scene lasts for about a minute and the bus does not move <laughs> for that entire time because the same red car is behind Ethan the entire scene. So <laughs> they're on a stationary bus. Sometimes it's like they don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're on a stationary bus for just an extended amount of time having a full conversation. So now we're back at school. Lizzie and Miranda are listening to the music. They are now into it and they want you know, Gordo to teach them more about Rat Pack culture. And it's not because they're into Rat Pack culture. It's because Ethan's into Rat Pack culture. Yeah, but you think Gordo would be initially excited about this, but he's already annoyed. Like, even before he knows. No, I no, I think that he, he, he is kind of excited that they're into it. Oh, is he? Yeah. You think so? That was the impression that I got. Okay. He's like, oh, my friends are into this? Like, this is, yeah, I'll, I'll teach them more about it. This is the point where Miranda starts listing random things about Gordo, though. I know. Annoying. I think that there's like a Ron and Hermione, Gordo and Miranda thing. Like Miranda notices all these little things about Gordo, you know, like why are you noticing all these little things? Yeah. He watches movies with subtitles. He blinks too much. And then he starts blinking and she's <laughs> like, you're doing it. You're doing it again. I know. Look at that playful banter. And it's like people blink. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, at this point, like I, I wrote down, you know, Lizzie wants to learn more about this stuff and Gordo is solidly down to educate. So Lizzie and Miranda liking it, are, it, that's not a problem. Okay. And then at this point, this is where we flip to our B story and we meet Lanny. Yeah. Um, he and Matt are in the backyard of uh, the McGuire household trying to set a world record for the longest netball rally, but they're really bad at it. They are really considering bad they're it. only like two feet apart from each other. Yeah. So, and Sam and Joe appear and try to talk to Lanny, but Lanny just stares blankly back at them. Yeah, Stonewall. When he is addressed, and they say that they've never heard him say anything, and it's creepy. It's not even that he doesn't say anything; it's that he doesn't even indicate that he's comprehending what they're saying. Yeah, it's just like a blank. <laughs> it's just like a blank. Like there's no nods. There's no, it's just <laughs> statue. It's so problematic. Ugh, and it's like a running gag throughout the entire series. Like Lanny is here to stay. Oh boy. Lucky us. Yeah. And Matt speaks on his behalf. Matt always seems to know what Lanny is thinking. Yeah. And it's weird, right? Because Lanny can give these nonverbal cues to Matt. So why is he just 
not giving anything to the parents. Yeah, because he'll like nod, he'll smile just yeah. to Matt. But it's just like, what were the what were the writers thinking at the time? <laughs> like to cast on a show with like already a representation issue to cast a black child as Matt's best friend and then not let him speak. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> I feel like we've honestly almost already already talked about this in episodes prior to this before this even came up. Um, I know. I just wanted to like, I just wanted to like, because this is the first introduction at this point, like, I don't intend to harp on this issue every time Lanny appears. Like, we know it's a thing. We know it's a gross choice. We'll mm-hmm. just talk about the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, then we flip back to school, and everybody is into Gordo's aesthetic now. Yeah, everyone's wearing 1960s Rat Pack vibe. And this is the point where Gordo is like, what's going on? Yeah, he didn't want this to turn into a trend like Ricky Martin or Digital Pets. Oof, takedown of the Tamagotchi. <laughs> also, Miranda killed her digital pet. Murder. 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 There's been a murder. And then Ethan approaches them, and he's like, hey, Gordon, where did you get your clothes? Yeah, your shirt is Mac Daddy. What, is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, so they're in the middle of lunch. This is something that I thought was strange. And Lizzie tells Ethan that they got their clothes at a store called Anteater. And then Ethan gathers up all his friends <laughs> and they just leave school in the middle of the day yeah, he's to like, go hey, shopping. He's like, hey guys, we're going to Anteater. <laughs> and they just like walk out. <laughs> like what? what? What happened? It's wild to me how much like freedom all of these like middle schoolers are perceived to have on this show. I know, can you imagine? Like how would they get to Anteater? <laughs> like what is happening? <laughs> I know. Like, can you imagine a group of 20 people just, like, walking out in the middle of the day and then just, like, I guess trying to hail a cab? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and just not being stopped. Yeah, I, I don't know. So that happens. Then we're back to the B story. Matt and Lanny are still working on their records. They think it's pointless. They're like, okay, this netball thing is not working. We need a new plan. So they start scouring the Book of World Records for different ideas of what they can what they can achieve and they move on to world's largest pancake which they also immediately fail and like as they're doing it they must know right that the pancake that they make is nowhere close yeah <laughs> joe mcguire only has a frying pan so large someone should tell matt and lanny that for a guinness world record to become official there has to be a, an officiator there to monitor the situation <laughs> Like, even if they set a world record, it's not going to go into the book because there needs to be, like, the, the suit there to to witness it. Yeah, there's got to be proof. There has to be proof. There has to be, like, an official person. They're 10. They're not thinking about this. I know this because um, I was there for the Today Show segment <laughs> where uh, I think it was... Uh, Hoda and Jenna were trying to do some sort of world record or maybe Kathy Lee was still there at that point but there had to be like an official person there did they achieve a world record no (laughs) (laughs) they did not Uh, well they're 10 they're trying it was like tallest uh, whipped cream tower in um, 
I think, a minute, and <laughs> it just kind of flopped over. It didn't really work. Yeah. Also, okay, so moving to the next scene, we kind of jumped ahead a little bit. So in the scene before, just Lizzie and Miranda are in their 60s get-ups. It's just them. They are immersed in Rat Pack culture. This is oh, okay. the moment where everybody's... Everybody went to Anteater, and now everybody's gotcha. yeah. on board. Okay, yeah, you're right. They couldn't have gotten the clothes before Anteater. It's after Anteater that they are now all dressed up in Gordo's aesthetic. Yeah, and Gordo is not happy. But he sent a tre- He is a trendsetter. Everyone jumped onto his bandwagon. Yeah, he should be. he should be happy for this moment. But he is not. And so, yeah, Lizzie thinks, but Lizzie thinks this is great because Lizzie, Lizzie loves this kind of validation. I know. She's so superficial. <laughs> she's a trendoid. She is. Like, um, she says it's a good thing Gordo's CD wasn't banjo music because everybody would be dressed like hillbillies, but she's the person who would also dress like a hillbilly to fit in with that aesthetic. Totally. <laughs> and she doesn't deny that. Yeah. And so Kate approaches Lizzie and Miranda because... They started the trend and, you know, Lizzie and Miranda are like, well, actually Gordo did. Like they, I I really appreciate because this could have been a moment where they like took credit for the trend. They did not do that. They firmly, this is Gordo's thing. And Kate is very much like, well, since you guys started the trend, you're ahead of the curve. You know the most about it. So I need your help. Yeah. And they, uh, Cartoon Lizzie is like, nope. But real life Lizzie is like, okay. I know. Cartoon Lizzie is like, Kate's going to have to beg. She's going to have to plead. She's going to have to grovel. And then cut to Lizzie being like, okay. Yeah, she caves so fast. Yeah, and then Kate says, great. It should be a ding-dong time. <laughs> and that really gets under <laughs> that Gordo's really skin. really sets Gordo off. Yeah, that really does not please Gordo one bit. Kate needs help specifically planning a Rat Pack-themed dance. There's going to be a school dance, and it is going to be lounge theme. Uh, And then we skip to Gordo's house. And I think this is the first time that we've seen Gordo's house. It looks very similar to Lizzie's house. I wonder why. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we see Gordo's house for the first time. We do. And Gordo's bedroom. Yeah. And uh, it's full now of model airplanes. He has a lot of stuff. He has a lot of, I see some trophies. Yeah, probably from like science fairs and whatnot. That's what I was just going to (laughs) say. Lizzie's, I think, is initially there. She, like, leads in with, like, asking for help on her homework. And she says, what job would I need to know anything about Bolivia? And then Gordo replies, ambassador to Bolivia. And I just thought that that was a great comeback. Yeah. I I also just noticed that Gordo is wearing a shirt that says Frank on it. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird, right? Because Gordo's whole thing is, like, I'm original, but his whole look is derivative. Like, he's not even trying to be himself here. He's just trying to be an imitation of Frank. So it's not even like he's a trendsetter. He is reverting back to an earlier trend that isn't his. And he's getting mad that now other people are doing that. Like, that's just hypocritical. Yeah, but he's a kid. (laughs) Doesn't have to make sense. Okay. But now Gordo's done with the Rat Pack life, and he now loves World War II planes. That's his thing now. So yeah, Gordo is done with the Rat Pack life. It's too trendy for him now. And he is into World War II planes, which he is working on in this clip where Lizzie comes to ask him for some help. Anyway, everyone's really excited about this whole Rat Pack dance. Oh, come on. I know you don't like dancing, but it could still be fun. 
It's not the dancing. I'm just not into that Rat Pack thing anymore. Not into it? That's nuts! Oh, come on. You love it. Not anymore. Now I love radio-controlled 164th scale World War II planes. Vroom. How could you just give that up? Fine, I'll tell you why. It's because you and Miranda got Ethan Kraft into it, and then he got everybody else into it. When Kate Sanders likes something, it's officially a mindless fad, and I don't want any part of it. <sighs> Gordo, I think Kate might really like it. She thinks it's ding-dong. The phrase is ring-a-ding-ding. -ding. It was a code for living life on your own terms. A ding-dong is a chocolate-covered devil's food cake treat intended for mass consumption. I'm not into mass consumption. Thoughts? Yeah, so Gordo is very upset that Kate Sanders is into it because Kate Sanders is a true trendsetter in a way that Lizzie and Miranda can never be. Yeah, and if Kate likes something, then it's obviously a mindless fad. You know, when a woman likes something. Yeah, Kate, Kate it's can't. It's obviously a mindless fad. It's impossible for Kate to choose to like something. <laughs> yeah, it's like when Gordo gets this aggressively angsty, I start to get like, no, this is actually really condescending and slightly sexist. <laughs> You're right. Shame on you, Gordo. Shame. It's just disappointing. Like, I understand in a way that he's feeling. Actually, do I understand? Because nobody took anything away from him. Like, he's taking it away from himself. Yeah, this is why I get confused about what his motivation is. Because it's like, what does he want? I don't understand what he wants. He wants to be a lone wolf, as Lizzie <laughs> later says. It's like, he, yeah, he wants to be a lone wolf. It's not even about his likes and dislikes. He just wants to be, he, he wants, wants to isolate himself. Why? I don't know. His parents should do some work on him. I know. They're both psychiatrists. Yeah, exactly. Can I just say that that seems to be a Terry Minsky trend, that the um, the male character in the three-way friendship's parents are therapists because Cyrus's parents and Andy Mack are also therapists. I'm just realizing that now. He is also Jewish. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, Gordo needs some therapy. I mean, like, they all could probably use some therapy, let's be honest. I think everyone could benefit from... Having someone to talk to. Yeah, for sure. I know, because all of the people, <laughs> all of the main characters that we follow here are, are very much narcissists. Yeah. <laughs> they show some very <laughs> narcissistic tendencies. True. Yeah, but I, I do appreciate the learning the differentiation between ring-a-ding-ding. -ding. Differentiation. <laughs> I do appreciate learning the difference between a ring-a-ding-ding -ding <laughs> and a ding-dong. Thanks, Gordo. Thanks for mansplaining to me what a ding-dong is. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting product placement left and right here. Sprite and ding-dongs. Yeah. <laughs> Go get some. Ugh, it kind of made me want one, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, they brainwashed you. And then Lizzie is wondering if she ruined Gordo's hobby. And that is just so, like, you know, like that is such a female tendency to you know, blame yourself for someone else's problem. And I hate that for her right now. This also isn't a hobby. A hobby is something that you actively do to pass the time. This is just something that Gordo likes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for explaining the difference between a hobby and an interest, Sam. <laughs> just wanted to Thanks just wanted for mansplaining that to me. <laughs> just wanted to put that out there. Like, you can like 
I guess like if you listen to the if you're listening to the music, maybe it's a hobby. I don't know. This just doesn't seem like a, a hobby. Like the model airplanes is a hobby, right? But this yeah. is not a hot like he can do the model airplanes and still like <laughs> the Rat Pack and they don't interfere with each other at all. Yeah, you can be a complex person who likes multiple things. <laughs> you can be a layered human. Yeah. But anyways, from there we flip back to the Matt and Lanny subplot. Lanny is currently trying to become the heaviest person in the world. He ate a bag of potato chips and gained one pound and only had 674 to go. Yeah, this is a really ambitious chore for somebody who is a a child, like (laughs) has not even reached their own like full weight yet. I know. (laughs) And then we get sort of a montage of all these different records that they are trying to break. Matt is jumping rope. They try to stack teacups on Lanny's head, and they get a pretty tall stack before Joe and Sam ruin it by appearing. McGuire's have a lot of teacups. I know. <laughs> Screaming. They just, like, Matt just see, sees how long he can scream for. Yeah, it's, like, longest he held note. Passes out. And then they are running up and down the stairs. I just want to point out that they the shoe wearing in this house is just unacceptable. Yeah. I know it's a common problem. One of my favorite things about this is this is slightly tangential, but in the first episode of High School Musical, the musical, the series, Ricky and Nini are in Nini's bedroom and they're sitting on her bed and they're not wearing shoes. You see their socks and it's just a big moment for why are we talking about this? What does this have to do with anything? It doesn't. You can totally cut it. What? But like, I don't We don't have time to talk about nothing. <laughs> So now we are at the the dance committee meeting that Kate is leading and Lizzie and Miranda are a part of. And the school's dance, according to Kate, will be called Lounging Around. See what and you did there. Nice. It's, <laughs> it's going to be so lounge. It's going to be lit. Lounge. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Kate gives out assignments. Lizzie is in charge of the music. Miranda is in charge of the costume contest. And Kate needs everything from Lizzie and Miranda by tomorrow. Yeah, and Lizzie and Miranda start to freak out because they don't know anything about this culture. They're just posers. Yeah, they're like, we don't know anything. Yeah, so they realize that they need Gordo's help with this. Yes, and this is where we get... (laughs) Wait, no, because this is the dance committee, they could do things to us. (laughs) So vaguely threatening. It's a cult. (laughs) The dance committee is a cult. So this is where we get a new location. And I'm very unclear on where they actually are. Yeah, it's like a random concrete surface lot behind the school. (laughs) Where people are flying their planes, their model planes. Yeah, people just go there to fly model airplanes. And this is where Gordo hangs out now. Trying to get his plane off the ground and failing. Yeah. And this is where we get like... Gordo was at like a at a high simmer in the last clip we played, but now it all really boils over. Hey Gordo, how's the plane stuff coming along? It looks really cool. Can't get the engine started. Oh, well, uh, you will. So how fast do these things fly? If anyone ever gets one off the ground, I'll tell you. We need a list of 20 Frank Sinatra tunes, pictures of clothes people wore back then, and the Rat Pack's favorite food. Can I say I cut to the chase? 
The Sinatra songs were all called Leave Me Alone. People used to wear I Couldn't Care Less, and their favorite food was Goodbye. Gordo, come on! Come on what? You guys are the big Rat Pack fans here. You should know all this stuff. You're the Rat Pack fan, and you know it. Not anymore. Not since you guys made it a big fad. Now I'm stuck with this lame old hobby. You're not stuck with it, and you don't have to do it if you don't want to. But it's not our fault that the other kids like the music and stuff. It's your fault for spreading it around. Oh, Ethan, you can get Rat Pack clothes at Ant Eater. We can't help it if we refuse to like something just because other people like it. It's called being your own person. It's called being an idiot, okay? It's ridiculous to do some airplane thing that you hate instead of doing some Rat Pack thing that you love. Besides, why isn't anyone else allowed to like Frank Sinatra? Because they don't even really like him. They're just mindless trendoids following the herd. I make up my own mind. I'm not a superficial popularity junkie. And what, we are? Oh. I'm not the one helping Kate Sanders with her dance. No, you're not. But I'm not the one sitting here hanging out with a bunch of propeller-headed weirdos trying to get some powdered egg and rubber plane off the ground. And you don't even like it. Not great. I agree with Lizzie and Miranda here. Totally. Gordo's just being a whiny brat. Totally. For like no reason. For no reason. Oh my God, when he points to them and calls them superficial. I mean, they are. He's not wrong. Like they all have their flaws, right? And they're, all their flaws are getting pointed out here. But it's just, <laughs> I think that Gordo's flaw is, is a more serious flaw in this moment. The most annoying thing about any character is when they're, hip, when they're hypocritical um, so as much as, as many flaws as he can point out about, about Lizzie and Miranda, like his own hypocrisy is the most, uh, fatal flaw that we see here. Yeah. It's just really, again, like frustrating to see a character that, and like, I don't know, this is a deep dive into Gordo's psyche and his flaws, I suppose. But as Lizzie and Miranda say, it's not, you don't have to not like something just because everyone like if you that's just that's just as stupid as being superficial or following trends like that's just its own problem yeah exactly also don't really love that like at the end gordo starts like waving the plane and lizzie like pointing the plane at lizzie with the propeller going i don't know it's it's slightly threatening (laughs) (laughs) so i don't like it yeah. But he has this like tough guy look on his face, total like snarl. Yeah. Watch out for those model airplane kids. They're vicious. Also very weirded out by the full adults that keep running into the scene. <laughs> I think they're supposed to pass as middle schoolers as well. I don't. I think they're full <laughs> you think adults. they're full on adults? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Gordo's sulking. Lizzie and Miranda still have a dance to plan. Um, but before we can get to that, we have to go back to the B story. Correct. They're still working on it. Now they're trying to put together the world's longest, what, like rubber band? Yeah, it seems like a rubber band chain or something. Obviously, it snaps back and hits Matt right in the chest. Yes, and Lanny falls over. Yeah, and Joe is fed up with this. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, we need to stop. We need to put an end to this right now. You know, Matt is kind of fed up with this too. I wrote that he's mad because he's like, this is so stupid. We're both big losers. And he says that this was their 38th try. I mean, the, many of their other attempts seemed to not take that long. For example, like when he was trying to hold the 
world record for a longest note or whatever. It seemed like he lasted like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then passed out. So. Yeah, but Joe knows how to put a stop to this because she's slipping through the book. And guess what? There, there is no record for the most consecutive failed record attempts. Yeah, she's making this up on the fly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they set a world record. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now they're going to go get ice cream. <laughs> and Sam McGuire starts singing the Twilight Zone theme at Lanny. It's so weird. So <laughs> like weird. The, the resolution of this story is so strange. Yeah, and he really tries to get Lanny to talk and asks him what flavor ice cream he likes. And Matt speaks for Lanny and says... Lanny likes pumpkin. Only pumpkin. Only pumpkin, which is such a weird choice. Whose favorite ice cream flavor is pumpkin? I didn't even know that existed. Does that exist? I have never come across pumpkin ice cream. I don't know. It's so weird. And Sam McGuire, go to work. What are you doing here all the time? (laughs) Honestly. So that's how that story ends. Moving on. We are finally at the dance. And it's pretty cute. It came together pretty nicely. Everyone's looking really fly. Yeah, I mean, this was a good theme. Yeah, it was really fun. But Lizzie and Miranda aren't having fun because Gordo's not there to enjoy it. And once again, the undercurrent of sexism in this episode is really, like, hitting me the more we talk about this. Because, again, it's just like they are sort of blaming themselves for ruining this thing for Gordo, which is just not what happened. Gordo ruined it for himself. That's true. I don't know. There's a there's definitely a scene that we miss, right? Because this episode is all about the way that Gordo grows, but we don't see it. Yeah, he just because well, you got to assume, right, that Gordo is having a similar moment. It's like Lizzie and Miranda act as a proxy for how Gordo should have been handling that situation. Yeah, and you have to imagine that like Gordo was alone in his room feeling those feelings. Yeah, like if this was like a a John Hughes movie. You'd have a moment where he just picks up his model airplane and he smashes it on the ground and then it breaks into a million pieces. And he's like, I hate this hobby. This isn't me. I love Rat Pack culture. (laughs) Yeah. But because we can't stray from Lizzie is always fundamentally our POV character and the show doesn't stray from that. Yeah, in it our just can't happen. In our spin-off episode, Gordo goes to the podiatrist and smashes <laughs> his model airplane on the ground. These two things must happen <laughs> in our parallel universe. It's like a great episode. It, it, do you think it would be better or worse than the episode that we got? Better. They need to do <laughs> they they need they needed to do what Mindy Kaling did in Never Have I Ever and just have like a POV switch. Why do you keep mentioning other shows? This one's more relevant. Oh, my God. This one's actually relevant. Okay. Like, they could have done a POV switch and have an entire episode from Gordo's perspective. This type of storytelling is too advanced for Disney Channel in 2001. Okay, I'm just saying, (laughs) we are talking about the spinoff episode, but what if there was, like, a whole episode that was just Gordo's POV? Well, this episode should have been that because it's a Gordo episode. I know. That's what I'm saying. So why are you mad that I brought up a relevant example? Because it's a different show. That's okay. Lizzie McGuire. But you're allowed to bring up the random things that you want to bring up. So Lizzie and Miranda dance together, and it's cute, but they feel like if Gordo can't enjoy it, they can't either. Yeah, can we talk about the weird aggro moment? (laughs) that cartoon Lizzie has here. Sure. It just made no sense. She like totally breaks the fourth wall and then grabs like a fake camera and then like throws it on the ground and is like, (laughs) stop looking at me. 
<laughs> like, what? I got so confused. Lizzie's falling apart. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that Cartoon Lizzie had a camera person who just, like, got <laughs> low-key bullied. <laughs> well, she's not enjoying the dance. And they almost leave. Except Gordo then shows up. And he, you know, is looking fly. He's all, you know, pally and whatnot. Total rat pack lingo. He's wearing a bow tie. And then, you know, Lizzie and Miranda are talking to him about, like, I thought you weren't into this. And he's like, I never said that. Like, he just starts gaslighting them. <laughs> like, why are, you, why are you denying it? We were all there. We were all there. We all saw it. We all witnessed it. Yeah. Thought you um, didn't want to be a part of this trend. Wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about, Lizzie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie and Miranda were both there. They can both attest to you <laughs> being a butt. And then we get the line, I shouldn't give up something just to be different, which is, you know, what this whole episode was culminating toward. But I do feel like we missed that essential moment of Gordo. We should have seen Gordo realizing that and not have him just tell us that after the fact. Yeah. And then Lizzie says, we're lucky to have a total nonconformist who doesn't care about what people like. And then they start dancing together. And it's, I wrote, it's cute, but a little awkward. I thought it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's like dancing with both of them but yeah. it mostly involves him twirling them around and then for some reason lizzie mcguire breaks the fourth wall yeah, she at the looks end at the, of the camera episode, right and then it zooms in on her face looking at us it just made me feel uncomfortable <laughs> i was like stop looking at me i don't know maybe it's just me but like there's only very specific instances where a character can break the fourth wall and this was not one of them and that is how we end episode 113 come fly with me <laughs> yeah this episode had a lot of potential, but really dropped the ball, and I didn't understand the B story very much at all. I feel like you really could have removed the... I wish the B story was removed, like we just didn't see Matt for an episode, and those that time was used for Gordo instead. That would have been actually a really good solve, I think, to make this episode flow better, because then we could have seen him at the podiatrist. We could have seen all the alternate reality things that we want to see out of him. But unfortunately, three of our main build characters are involved in that B story. And if we didn't have that, we wouldn't see them at all. So I don't know what sort of contractual deal there there was yeah. that forces them to be in this episode, but I just thought it was unnecessary. And now it's time to discuss the outfits, which I'm actually really excited for this week because there are a lot of cool looks to unpack. And I was kind of holding back throughout the episode. Okay, so where do you want to start? Let's start at the beginning. Like when... You want to talk about like Lizzie and Miranda's? Sure. Let's start. That's that's pre. They have some so pre Rat Pack aesthetic. Lizzie and Miranda have some pretty wild things going on with their hair. <laughs> with their whole outfits, it's a lot. It is a lot. I think we've seen that shirt on Lizzie before. It's like an orange and pink. Um, she wears a lot of um, prints, and it's paired with a skirt that has like it's a. It's a two-toned denim skirt and this with thick, like, diagonal stripes. And it's like a midi skirt. Miranda's outfit isn't that bad. She said they have a lot of different colored pom-poms in their hair. <laughs> yeah, there's like six or seven pom-poms. In each it's, of their heads. It's a lot. And then Gordo's in his, again, I guess lounge look, but it just kind of looks like an oversized bowling shirt. Gordo's look for most of this episode just looks like he wants to go to, like, on a vacation to Cuba. Like, I <laughs> To Margaritaville. <laughs> to Cuba. 
But yeah, then Lizzie and Miranda changed their look completely. Completely, a whole new look. And I think Miranda does it better than Lizzie. I don't really understand what Lizzie's doing at the beginning. Like Miranda's got a full like kind of, you know, pattern dress going. Lizzie really, it's all in the hair. Um, the uh, outfit I think is, it's cute. And I think the sunglasses too are very I don't know, reminiscent just, of what? They're going for sort of like a 60s. Um, I don't know. I just can't see anybody in the 60s wearing something like this. This pattern just doesn't belong in 1960. I agree. The pattern there isn't great, but the hair is totally, totally there. Gordo's hair is a little slicked back, I must I must add. <laughs> he put some gel in it. He gelled ge- it up a little bit. He gelled it up. Yeah. So the outfits, you know, progress throughout the episode. This this is the so this is how we know that this episode takes place over the course of several days. There's a lot of outfits. Yeah. Here so, Lizzie gets it a little bit better. She looks so um American housewife to me. She looks like she looks like she would be she looks very Jackie Kennedy. She looks Jackie Kennedy. Interesting. Are you talking about the hair? The hair, yeah. The hair is what's doing it for you. The yeah, hair. I can see that. Very or I think of the um like the first wives club. Okay. Um, that that that's the that's the vibe I'm getting. Not really rat packy, but more like like 1960s housewife. Yeah. Okay, well, when I saw this outfit and also <laughs> when I saw um Kate's outfit at the dance committee meeting, my initial thought was um <laughs> did they make clothes out of their drapes like in the sound of music? <laughs> <laughs> Because it looks like that. It looks like that's what happened here. Again, Gordo wearing a shirt that just says Frank. (laughs) It's weird. But yeah, look at Kate's outfit uh, at the committee meeting. Oh my God. (laughs) That was just like the first thing that came into my mind. Or they they also look like the white people in the help. Yeah, I guess I could see that too. It's weird because I think as Lizzie's outfits get better, Miranda's outfits get worse. I agree with that. <laughs> Throughout the episode. Like, why is Miranda just wearing a rainbow-striped shirt? I don't really understand also, what this has I to do with uh, the Rat Pack. I also, I thought you were going to say, as Lizzie's outfits get better, her hair gets worse. Worse as in bigger? What do you mean? Well, I guess, yeah, worse. <laughs> I, I was a big fan of the bump, of, like, the bump-it hair. Um, I don't know if you know what a bump-it is. I'm familiar. It's like a little thing that you stick in your hair so that the back of your hair then looks taller. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There were infomercials for it. Yeah, I was very aware of the infomercials. There was that. There was the little uh, sketchboard that would draw on a rainbow. Yeah. (laughs) I forget what it was called. I really like Lizzie's bump it look. I don't really love this random, like, it turns into a super, like, side swept, like a deep, like, she just, like, throws like the right side of her hair over her head and it doesn't work as well for me. Sure. But the bump it comes back at the end of the episode. It yeah. Seems like. In an updo. <laughs> and like a supersized bump it. I like their looks at the end. They're cute. Yeah. Um, I like the earrings. I like the jewelry overall. I like the headband Lizzie's wearing. I like the gloves. Again, very Jackie Kennedy. Their looks at the end to me. Maybe not everybody, but specifically Lizzie Gordo and Miranda strike me as more like uh, like 50s Hollywood than Rat Pack. This doesn't feel like a lounge anymore. It feels too formal. Yeah, you're right. It almost feels, yeah. Who like, wears a bow tie to a lounge, you know? Yeah, it feels more like, um, you know, golden era Hollywood. Yeah, get it right. Be consistent. Like, why is Kate wearing like a full like furry 
Yeah, like a faux mink. Yeah, with like the the sleeves. Also, why are there like martini glass motifs at a middle school dance? You know, because Kate is in charge. There's no chaperone. There's no supervisor. Where are the adults? There's no adults. All right. Uh, Do you have any other outfits that you want to talk about, or is is that it? I think that's. I think that's good, right? Okay. I feel like there was nothing memorable happening on the math side. I agree. Cool. Um, Okay. So now it's time for MVP. Uh, Marissa, who's your MVP this episode? Ooh, I go first. Yeah. So for most of this episode, I thought it was going to be Gordo because it's Gordo's episode. Yeah, like everything in you says it should be Gordo, but then Gordo just comes off as kind of a jerk. Yeah, I don't love, for me, what really did it, he can be flawed. Like I I have no problem giving MVP to a flawed character. I've, I've been known to do that. That's true. You've done that before. Um, that's totally cool with me because they're kids and it's messy and, you know, it ultimately leads to growth. But what really got me is the gaslighting at the end. <laughs> like, like I, that was unacceptable. Could have had something, but at the end, you just threw it all away. Okay, just so who is your MVP? So my MVP this episode is going to go to Lizzie McGuire. Why are you laughing? Yeah, because the just the amount of times that you have given Lizzie an MVP. All right, so Lizzie McGuire is your MVP. Can I just well, note this is the fifth time that you've <laughs> wait? Hold on, one, two, three. Yeah, this is the fifth time that you have given Lizzie McGuire an MVP. Okay, so why is Lizzie your MVP? I feel like you're actively not giving Lizzie MVP though. Yeah, to counterbalance the amount that you are giving Lizzie McGuire an MVP. Why wouldn't she be the MVP this episode? All right, I have a different MVP from you. We can go over that after we Are you going to say Miranda? I will tell you who my MVP is after you tell me why the, uh, tell me the rationale for Lizzie McGuire for you. For me, it's Lizzie because, you know, Lizzie is, I mean, I feel like it's, I mean, if you are giving it to Miranda, that's also fair because- they really come at Gordo as a team in all of these scenes. I feel like I feel like they're they are both deserving of it. I leaned Lizzie because we saw more she was, I guess, on the screen more in this episode. And she also was capable of calling Gordo out alone without Miranda. So we just got a little bit more of her on the screen. And you know, did she latch onto this trend because of a cute boy? Yes, but she also made some really valid points to Gordo and really called out his behavior as being kind of toxic and just really saying, like, you don't have to not like something because other people do. She said that makes you an idiot, and I, for one, agree with Lizzie McGuire. Okay. Yeah. All right. Big reveal. Who is yours? So... My MVP this episode goes to someone who has shown real character growth, and that has to be Mr. Ethan Craft. Mr. Whoa! <laughs> Mr. Ethan Craft has- Wait, per- I love this. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> Ethan Craft has perhaps shown the most character growth through 13 episodes out of any character that we've seen in the world of Lizzie McGuire. From the beginning where he was a bully to- a few episodes ago where he was just a dummy to now being a person who is open to new ideas, who really kind of makes up his own mind about, about the world around him. 
and uh, someone who can really influence a large group of people into liking something perhaps unconventional. So for those reasons, Ethan Craft has has earned an MVP vote for episode 13. I love that. I do have to point out that he has shown the most character growth because he was literally written to be a different character in the beginning. Nope, not important. (laughs) (laughs) It's all organic. (laughs) I like it. No, I like this Ethan because Ethan, I call Ethan a lovable doofus. Like he has a good heart. He's a nice, he's like fundamentally like a nice guy once you get past the like weirdness at the beginning. And I, I support Ethan Kraft being on the board. Wow. I really wasn't prepared for you to say that. <laughs> I love having, it. Are you having regrets about your MVP choice? No, I believe that like for the, I, I believe that for the, the episode, Lizzie deserves it in terms of like pushing against Gordo, but I love that Ethan has a moment here. I hope I hope we start to see more love for Ethan. I mean, it's all up to him at this point. Like, there's nothing else that we can do. We're just here to judge, <laughs> to judge them all. <laughs> awesome. Well, on that note, we did it again. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> that was episode one thirteen. Come fly with me. I think a. Fun but slightly confusing episode overall. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes. Um, as always, you can follow us along at Alpha Repeat Pod on Twitter. You can email questions to us at Alpha Repeaters Podcast at gmail.com. Did we get any questions? We did not get any questions. Oh, all right. Cool. That's all right because <laughs> this has been a very long podcast already. Yeah. Yeah, you can check us out at www.paginatedmedia/outfitrepeaters to check out the uh, outfits that we talked about this episode. And tune in next week for episode 114, Random Acts of Miranda. Looks like we got a Gordo-heavy episode this week, and we're getting a Miranda-heavy episode next week. I know. Will she deliver? That's the question. That's the question. Yeah, I guess we'll have to find out. <laughs>